welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Attorney General William Barr is testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee. He's been defending his handling of special counsel Robert Mueller's findings following the release of a letter dated March 24th from Mueller to Barr objecting to the Attorney General's misrepresentation of his report. Barr testified that the reason he had to take three weeks to release a redacted report was because Mueller sent him a report without that grand jury material redacted. Unfortunately, uh, it did not come in that form. And it uh, quickly became apparent that it would take about three or four weeks uh, to identify that material and other material that have to be redacted. Barr, um, that contradicts the statement Mueller made in his letter to Barr. Joining me is Andrew Kent, professor at Fordham Law School. Andrew, let's start with that question of whether or not Mueller had redacted the grand jury material. Is it going to come down to calling Mueller to testify in order to judge his credibility versus that of Barr's? I think it seems inevitable that Mueller will be called to testify. There are so many questions, and certainly among them are the ones that uh, that you point to now, June. So I, I do expect that we will hear from him. How, in your opinion, did Barr do in rebutting the criticism that his summary and press conference misrepresented Mueller's report? You know, in my judgment, not so well. I think he had a lot of uh, serious questions to respond to, and his answers, for the most part, were were kind of narrow, lawyerly parsing, um, you know, kind of really fine-grained, sort of hair-splitting that, um, you know, to, to my mind, really didn't answer the the many legitimate questions that had been raised about how he had handled both uh, his, uh, you know, the transmission of the report and his public statements about the report. What struck me was his answer to a question about why he concluded there was no obstruction. He said there was no underlying crime, but Mueller, in his report, disagreed with that, and legal experts disagree with that as well. What's your take? I uh, agree with everyone except Barr on this. Uh, there are uh, obstruction cases on the books where courts have upheld uh, somebody who had um, motives of embarrassment or shielding a friend from uh, from justice or, or other kinds of um, other kinds of motives for obstructing justice other than um, you know shielding themselves from criminal activity. So uh, Barr does seem to have an unduly narrow reading of the obstruction statutes. Let's talk about some of the specifics of Barr's representations of the Mueller report that Congressman called him on. They focus a little on Don McGahn because because of his presence. In fact, he in the second part of the report, he is one of the the leading players, you might say. And Barr argued today that the president never used the specific word fire, and so he wasn't trying to fire him because he wanted to cover up the what was happening with the Mueller. What was your take on that? I found that to be one of the more confounding aspects of the testimony today. Um, you know, uh, Senator Feinstein, I thought, did a pretty effective job. I mean, uh, Barr seemed to be saying that it wasn't, you know, the, the word fire wasn't used, and um, Trump may have thought, or you know, Barr seemed to think that Trump did believe that there were conflicts of interest that Mueller had, and therefore uh, Barr seems to be saying that Trump merely wanted you know, a special counsel to be removed, not um, but not fired, whatever that distinction is. 
But the fact is, as, as Mueller found, the the claims about a supposed conflict of interest are, are just beyond silly, I mean, entirely specious. And Mueller reports that White House uh, officials told Trump that there was no obstruction of justice at all. Excuse me, no um, no conflict of interest by Mueller at all. And, and therefore, it's quite hard to understand why why Barr would assume presidential good faith uh, in this instance. I really did not understand his answers and, and found them um, pretty unconvincing. Does this bring out the point that the House is trying to make? The House wants to have some lawyers, some committee lawyers, question Barr tomorrow in a 30-minute session. And is it because what happens here? You have a five-minute session by you know, mostly non-lawyers in, in a cross-examination kind of setting, but they never really get to their point in those five minutes. They can't follow up enough. Yeah, I think that's exactly why the House wants to change the format somewhat. It is very difficult for individual members who, as you say, only have five minutes each, broken up by the other party having their chance to really develop a line of questioning, really um, really press somebody. And I think um, Barr is aware that the questioning of him would be a lot more effective if it was done in the way that the House Judiciary Committee wants to. So. He, um, you know, as, as as you indicated, you know, he's objecting to that, and as, as my understanding is, so far has said he's not going to show up if he's going to be counseled, uh, questioned by a by a lawyer instead of by the members themselves. It's it would be refreshing to me if a witness at some point just said, I was wrong, I shouldn't have used that word. Yet Barr went through a long explanation of why he used the word spying. Yeah. And saying it doesn't have, you know, derogatory meanings to most people, which I think is on its face wrong. I I agree with you. I thought he could have just said I was, you know, speaking quickly. Uh, you know, in retrospect, I would have used a different language. I mean, because after all, in context, what he was talking about was court authorized, you know, legally authorized surveillance after the government had met a very substantial burden of, of showing a judge that there was reason to believe that Carter Page uh, uh, might be an agent of a foreign power, and to you know call that with such a colloquial and and sort of negative term spying, uh, you know, is is uh, I, I think really inappropriate. I mean, for one thing, the attorney general is one of the you know one of the officials in our government who is himself is authorized uh, to approve these warrants for s- surveillance in appropriate circumstances, and I you know I don't think that uh, he should be suggesting that it's you know somehow uh, you know inappropriate or improper by by using a word like that. I that was that was something where I absolutely agree he should have clarified and and walked back uh, some of the dismissive tone that he used. Only about a minute here. What, so far, what stands out to you in this half day of testimony? You know, one of the things that I I also was quite surprised that he was sticking with was when he had said in his press conference previously that the president had fully cooperated with the investigation. Some of the senators, like Senator Leahy, were, were pressing him on that and saying, you know, um, you know, the president refused to you know, sit for questioning. The president uh, you know, pressured Manafort uh, not to cooperate with the special counsel. You know, how can you, you know, Mr. Barr, say that this is full cooperation? And Barr really stuck to his guns, which, again, I think is quite surprising and, and, and sort of hard to believe. Um, and, you know, the other thing was just that, uh, you know, we're now, uh, you know, how many years removed from the summer of 2016, you know, almost three years. We're going to have to leave it there, Andrew, but there'll be more hearings to come for sure and more testimony. Thank you so much. That's Andrew Kent. He's a professor at Fordham Law School. 
Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.